Can I ask you something? Yeah. I was kicking your ass back there. Did that give you wood? What? Huh? You get a little mahogany from that, a little ebony? Come on, tell the truth. I'm just fucking with your father. Forget about it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve, and this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers behind the scenes. Brad, the man coming with me in this nasty desert to look at this vampire movie. Brad, let everyone know if they can't read, what did we watch? We watched John Carpenter's Vampires from 1998. Normally, Cliffs would be delivering this line, but he is playing hooky. Yeah, we don't know where Chris is. We hope everything's okay. Uh, ho- hopefully he'll jump in. But uh, this is not his pick. This is Brad's pick. So at least we have that. And uh, we've got... This is our second film inside of our vampire random picks. Uh, I went with Buffy the Vampire Slayer last week. And Brad's going with vampires this week. And Brad, hey. before we get into vampires, what's the podcast brought to us by? Well... Since the Gary Busey AI Consortium um, currently has the Gary Busey AI do their accounting, we didn't get paid, so we had to jump to a new sponsor oh, this week. We're talking... Okay, let's do this. Read, let me read this script they gave me here. So, are you a fan of epic adventures, gripping dramas, and mind-bending sci-fi? Of course I am. A, and you're in a treat with the Analog Jones and the Temple of Film podcast, sponsored by the iconic Dune 2 popcorn bucket. Ooh. It's the perfect pairing for your auditory journey through captivating stories and fascinating discussions. And maybe something else guys like to do. I was like, is there going to be a worm in that bucket? There potentially could be. It's up to you. (laughs) I can't wait for Dune 2, but I don't want that bucket. I want nothing to do with that bucket. (laughs) Sponsors like, okay. People will never learn. We're just people are just suckers and we're just going to keep taking their money. Hmm. I mean, I love that bucket. Go to Dune 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be good. Yeah, I think so too. All right. The quick facts here. Well, I guess I'll let you read these too. Yeah. Um. So directed by, obviously, John Carpenter, special effects makeup artist, uh, Greg Nicotero. So if you're re- listening to this podcast, you've probably seen Greg's work also. Based on a book, Vampires, by John Steakley, distributed by Sony Pictures, released on October 30th, 1998. So, great release time. That was a perfect time to release a movie. Budget of $20 million, box office return of only $20.3 million, uh, 43% tomato meter, and a 47% audience score from Rotten Tomatoes, which surprised me. I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, the box office is rough for an October movie, a vampire movie. I do have a sneaking feeling that it has a lot to do with james woods leading this movie (laughs) yeah i guess that's right because he had never been known for his action movie roles in the past so plus i don't even know if he was ever a leading man 
possibly not. And I think John Carpenter has also, he had been suffering quite a few movies in a row that yeah. did not do well at the box office. So the excitement level of John Carpenter was low at this point. I don't know why. Um, yeah, you know, I think he movie, did escape from L.A. right before this. And that was oof, that did a lot of problems with that film. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack was freaking awesome, if I remember correctly. Probably. I think, you know, like that's something like even the music in this movie, by the way, is so good. Like that, like Western blues when they're like yeah. going vampire hunting. It's great. And this guy knows how to put together a score for a musical or for for a movie. No, I think I see Chris on. There he is. Oh, here he comes. Chris is alive. He's alive and he's with us and he's got a haircut. Looking yeah. sharp there, young man. I fell asleep on the couch. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Chris. Well, at least it wasn't your pick. We are docking you two weeks pay. Oh, you guys get paid for this? Uh, in Dune popcorn buckets. Oh. <laughs> so uh, Brad was about to go over the quick facts. Uh, the quick facts we did. So let's do the main cast. All right. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, the cast. My bad. Main cast. James Woods is John Jack Crow, who will not be speaking at the Democratic National Convention this summer. We got mm. Daniel Baldwin as Tony Montoya, who was also sadly killed when the Canadians bombed the Baldwins in 1999. I do. So luckily, that. we got this last picture of his. Yeah. Cheryl Lee as Katrina, the prostitute with a heart of gold. We got Tim Guini as Father Ad Adam. Guito, Thomas Ian Griffith as Jan Valak, the big bad in this movie. We got Maximilian Schell as Cardinal Alba. Kind of gave me some vibes of um, Count Dooku in Star Wars. Yeah, he's got a great voice. Yeah. Does. We got uh, Mark Boone Jr. as Caitlin. He's just always like some awesome gritty dude. I think I've seen him in other vampire properties before, too. So the dude's awesome. And Gregory Sierra as Father Giovanni, who wasn't in this movie very long. Oh, yeah. That's the one at the beginning. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mark Boone, he was in the uh, the oh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Really that's where that. I've seen him before. Yeah, yeah, he was perfect for that. Yeah, I like him. And he's he's a real-life musician. Apparently, he's a pretty good guitarist. Ooh. Like yeah, according to John Carpenter on the commentary of vampires that I listened to today. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to a lot of John Carpenter commentary. Uh, he's not. He always does it solo most of the time, and he he does not go past a certain level. He's he's very monotoned. Uh, I was impressed that he didn't badmouth the studio at all during this because I thought I was like, ooh, I can't wait till he tells us all the you know, the juicy details. And it was just like, no, he's, he was really nice. He just told the interesting stuff about the scene over and over. Dang, uh, I don't think I would be that nice. If like my budget was slashed by two thirds, like right before I started filming and I had my screenplay already. Yeah, I know. And you know, they had to rush and rewrite the screenplay. And you can definitely tell during this film, because there's a lot of stuff in this film I like, but this, this film definitely has some shortcomings. Uh, even though it is one I actually particularly enjoyed. So, I mean, spoiler for recommendations. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this reminds me of the perfect, you know, Friday night 
rent it, take it home and watch it and enjoy it. I think this is the perfect, uh, you know, store rental. Oh, it was. And it's just so enjoyable. And, you know, what yeah. this really got me back into was I, I'm into John Carpenter again. I want to see all this guy's stuff. I was reading up on him after I watched this movie. And there's other movies that he did, like, in the 70s and 80s now that I didn't want to go back and, and dive into. Like, just kind of obscure ones, like Assault on Precinct 13. and That's a good one. The thing, I oh, guess, yeah. is not obscure, but it was good enough to have somebody else make a, a do a remake on it. The thing, I've never heard of that movie. The thing, yeah. They um, Live, which is... Yeah, John Carpenter's is good. I've never really not liked one of his movies that I can think yeah. of. The, the movies of John Carpenter that I have never seen. I've still not seen Elvis that he did in the 70s with Kurt Russell. I've seen a lot of clips from it but i've never actually gone and watched it i've never watched the invisible man i think he did that one too with chevy chase yeah i i've never seen that one i think that's it though i think i've covered them all i went back and i finally watched Starman, which was definitely an interesting one i mean john carpenter can basically do any genre it's kind of incredible what he's done in his lifetime trying to think of something else let me go let me go to his imdb so i'm pretty sure i've covered his entire filmography i mean yeah he did the whole halloween catalog well he did halloween he directed halloween one and then i think he was just a producer and on set for halloween two but i'm sure he had a lot to do with it body bags seen that yeah oh i never watched the ward with amber heard that he did 2010 like his last movie never watched it never heard of it until now and I have not watched the Philadelphia Experiment from 1984. All right, so it looks like I got about three. I think I've seen that, but it was a long time ago. I need to jump back into that too. I think it's available on like some streaming service. I forgot how much music he did. That's what I'm in. The first things is music department. It's like, ooh, yeah. Even that. Remember, guys, when we were at that uh, that VHS kind of swap meet thing we did last summer in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. they were playing some John Carpenter on the. Yeah, he's so good. I saw him live where, you know, I think him and his son and a few other people were doing all the themes that he's done and all the music and everything and performing it live. And it was great. The weird thing about him, he looks like my son's grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see like crazy pictures of either his grandpa or John Carpenter, I'm like, what What am I looking at? Yeah, Carpenter's definitely a guy who doesn't care what he looks like anymore. I mean, I've seen some pictures of him where he looks like, you know, a walking corpse. And I'm like, man, he don't give a shit. Neither does Grandpa. Yep. Nice. (laughs) You guys ready to watch the trailer on this? Have you ever seen a vampire? Forget whatever you've seen in the movies. It's not like they're seducing everybody in sight with cheesy Euro trash accents, all right? They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. You want to kill one? You drive a wooden stake right through his heart. We think we got a nest inside this place. And chances are we'll find a master in here somewhere. I know your parents were bitten by vampires and you were raised by the church to be its master slayer. No one knows vampires better than he does. My baby. But he met his match when he met the master who started it all. Jack Crow. He was a priest. It's the first known case of vampirism. The first and most powerful. You are the only one who faced Valak and survived. When 
master vampire has a telepathic link with his victims. You're gonna help us find them. It's a cross. For 600 years, Valak has wanted to live in the daylight. A master vampire able to walk in the sun, unstoppable. Biggest nest of blood-drinking mothers the world has ever known. Time to kill some vampires. Master of Terror comes a new breed of evil. John Carpenter's Vampires. You never told me they could do that. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, from that trailer, it could have been a like a horror comedy. I mean, James Wood is, is such an interesting character to pick for this. I, I do love that Carpenter has those balls to do that. Sometimes I like him, and then I remember he's he's not a good actor in a lot of stuff that he's in. I, I've barely seen him in anything except this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he does like rom-com. I don't know what he does. I, I can't think of anything else the guy does besides like make appearances at Family Guy occasionally. Maybe not recently. But uh, he's got that kind of don't give a fuck quality about him. Yeah. He's just going to say whatever. And I think that that's definitely a real life uh real life property he has yeah i i think i think he kind of got kicked out of hollywood because he became difficult to work with i've read that before and i'm like i can't imagine james woods difficult to work with after looking at his twitter but he just likes to riff he likes to you know go off the cuff and carpenter you know made a deal with him because carpenter said he was great to work with he's like i made a deal with him you do one based off my script and then you can do your own and Carpenter admitted, he's like, I kept a lot of his stuff because even though I didn't understand some of it, wow, was it interesting. <laughs> he's a, James Woods stars in one of my favorite movies, Videodrome. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot about Videodrome. That's such a ugh, strike against me. Anyone out there, I'm sorry. I can't believe I forgot about Videodrome. I forgot it's Dolph my... Lundgren was in Rocky Four. So we forgot That's Dolph true. Lundgren. Yeah. We won't period. again. Right. <laughs> no, not ever again. And we're going to talk about him later. That movie fucked with me so much because I was a little kid and I was like, mm, I don't know, 12, 13. And I got, well, maybe a little bit younger than that. I got the courage to just put in this random video called Videodrome that my older brother had because my older brother was was gone. I, I don't know how I got it. And I put it in and watched that by myself at night as a kid. And I was just like, oh. What? Oh, it's wow. so freaky. It's so it warped me, man. As a child, though, I would have probably freaked out. So, yeah, the movie that when I was a kid that freaked me out was Cat's Eye, remember? Like, not the first two parts, but the third part where that troll comes into the house. and like, Yeah, yeah I remember that. James Wood's in that, too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He, He's in Cat's yeah. Eyes? He is, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like James Woods now is an actor that you're going to constantly keep saying movies he's in and I'm going to be like, oh shit. Yeah, he was in a lot of shit. He's in a lot of movies. And he's been in a lot of movies in the last decade. I mean, not looking at his Twitter and everything, I actually think he's got a specific don't give a fuck charm that is very watchable. 
I agree. I agree. Yeah. We like a lot of actors that like just aren't good overall. Like don't act for the character. They don't really change. I love Nicolas Cage. He's Nicolas Cage in every film. Oh, who doesn't love Nicolas Cage? Apparently a lot of people don't love Nicolas Cage, but I fucking love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I live with somebody that hates him. (laughs) (gasps) Can't believe that. I just heard that. I'm going to forget that I ever heard she say that. Oh my gosh. She was in Ghosts of Mississippi. Oh my gosh. Like I'm sitting here looking at James Woods stuff and I'm like, Oh, I it's like geez, now that we're talking about James Wood, it's like, you know, before you have a baby, you know, you don't notice babies and then you have a baby. You see babies everywhere. Like this is the yeah. same thing with James Woods. <laughs> you don't notice babies. What is so loud in this restaurant? <laughs> James Woods and Virgin Suicides. Yeah, he's got a lot. Oh, straight talk. Is that the one with Dolly Parton? Mm-hmm. I I do now. My mom watched that one a lot. That's a great one. I mean, I, I don't even know if I've actually seen it all the way through. But anyway, uh, let's get off James Woods stuff. Uh, there were no trailers on this VHS. There were no trailers on the DVD I owned either, which is very disappointing. Disappointing and surprising. Yeah, I really expected him on something like this. I'm assuming that the studio really didn't believe that this would rent well. Columbia Pictures just spit it out there and said whatever. Because, like, well, why not put a couple trailers on this? You know, a couple horror movies maybe they've got lined up or something. Yeah, no kidding. Again, what's it cost to put a trailer on something like this? You've already paid to put it together. I don't know what it would cost to. Yeah, especially if you own the movie. I'm sure you don't even have to ask permission or pay or anything, you know? I don't know how exactly the trailer selection worked. But I assume it was always mostly your own movies. I doubt you'd want to advertise other people's movies. That <laughs> no. Unless you're... Uh, so. I don't think Disney would be that dumb. Uh, so, yeah, we can just start talking about anything. I, I just want to point out one thing. I think that him shooting vampires with a crossbow and then Baldwin ripping them out into the sun is definitely one of the more... I, I don't know how well it would work all the time, but I find it incredibly fun and interesting yeah. to see in a vampire movie. <laughs> They're like, why do you do this? I don't It's just cool. Have you done yeah. it before? <laughs> no, no one. You're like, how you like your steak, bitch? But they even stab him like in the heart, and it doesn't seem like it kills all of them. Anyway. Yeah, these are tough vampires. They're way tougher yeah. than the Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampires. Yeah. yeah. A lot more menacing. These ones are definitely uh, nasty, gross vampires that are just kind of like animalistic. Yeah, that's like when he was talking in the band, and he's like, can't wear garlic around your neck. They'll be fucking you while they're draining your neck. They don't care. The entire speech he has with that priest is wacky. Did you get a little wood? Did you get a little mahogany when I punched you? You know, I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you like it when I beat on you, buddy? And then, I mean, he's he's got a few lines. Like, was it, he's like, was it the garlic one where he's like, you put garlic in there, they'll bend you over. And he says something I can't even repeat. I don't even know what it was. They don't turn into bats. Crosses don't work. Garlic? When I try garlic, you stand there with garlic around your neck. One of these buggers will bend you fucking over and take a walk up your strata chocolata while he's sucking the blood out of your neck, all right? They don't sleep in coffins lying on top of them. You want to kill one? You drive a wooden stake right through his fucking heart. Sunlight turns them into crispy critters. He says something so out of left field. I'm like, I don't even know what that word was. That's... <laughs> thing what was that uh i'll have to get a clip of it and play it because i'm like what yeah i'm gonna have to watch this again 
And then uh, also talking about how they dressed. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot that some of these movies just throw words around all the time that you aren't supposed to say anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, those words you can't say anymore. You also remember, this is the 90s, how cool it was to smoke back in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> we just watched a show where the characters smoked the entire time. All eight episodes. You don't see that much anymore. Mm-mm. Another thing in this movie, 1998 gas, they're showing was a dollar twenty one, and I remember people bitching about gas prices back then, like fucking Clinton, son of a bitch. Yep, I remember when gas got over a dollar, and it, like my entire town was just like, God damn it, fucking Democrats. <laughs> Man, I miss those good old days when they're when gas was a dollar. Oh, I mean, we didn't have much going on back then, so. We just had to bitch about just the most mundane shit. Like, well, they want me to not smoke in this bar. Yeah, the smoking ban was really funny when that happened. There was a gas station that, I mean, this is no joke. There was a gas station that I remember going to as a kid in the boonies in the middle of nowhere. People were smoking indoors, just walking around. And then, like, do you have an ashtray? And then they... Dude, shopping carts used to have ashtrays on them. Oh, yeah. No way, really? Yeah. What a time to be alive. You know, just that, that thing called the internet was brand new and they're mm-hmm. just like i mean all we did uh, back then all we did use the internet for was to like look at like playboy.com and like college football message boards. one pixel at a time yeah oh and like napster was still going on i think napster started going too so it was like you'd wait you'd go and pick a song you wanted to download and it would take like 15 minutes you had a really good computer then I had like a top of the line, like 28.8 modem. We'd set it up for 10 songs and go to bed. Oh, yeah, that's how I did it in college. Yeah. Like, oh, it's still not done, but it's getting there. I remember I used uh, it for fantasy baseball to figure out like we'd keep in, in notebooks and stuff because we were nerds and we'd look up the scores on ESPN.com. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I was like, check this out, guys. I can see every NHL score. Oh, my God. Like instantly. <laughs> yeah, wow. I don't have to wait for the paper. The paper. The, the next dark day. age. You know, it's hard to describe the dark ages to these young people these days with their TikToks and their snap face and all that. Snap face. <laughs> you don't want to be snapping faces, fellas. Uh, Speaking of snapping faces, our sponsor for this week was the uh, Dune 2 popcorn bucket. So That's fucking faces, buddy. <laughs> i love i love all those memes where everybody's like i'm just sitting there trying to watch dune and this guy's just blasting his popcorn bucket next to me <laughs> another thing about this movie is i love the vampires sitting in shallow graves like waiting out the day yeah that's really, smart really reminds me of lord of illusion did he do that in lord of illusion <laughs> a little bit it just makes me think of it so I'm taking notes for this. So if I ever become a vampire, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to either at night, I'm going to go bury myself, you know, so people can't find me or I'm going to make myself so rich I can afford a bank vault and just hide out in that. Yeah. Well, that brings us to like the opening where they're, they're going. Openings a really cool scene. I think where James Wood is yeah. just staring down this door over and over and it goes back and forth from their POVs. Interesting <laughs> choice there. I thought, but if you just know that a bunch of vampires are in a shitty old house and sun kills them, can't you just destroy the house? Like firebomb it or rip it down with a car? So I thought about that too. The Catholic, now obviously that wouldn't be as interesting, uh, but you know, if the Catholic Church is sponsoring you and you saw the equipment they had, it was pretty serious. Yeah, I thought maybe just a rocket launcher 
knock it down and then wait for him to crawl out like, you know, cockroaches and then shoot him with. Well, I guess you couldn't shoot them, but you know what I mean? They would just burn from the sunlight. Yeah, I get it. If they like live in a cave, you got to be like, all right, we're going to go spelunking. Be careful. Yeah. Or another idea would be to take like a glow or grow light that people use to grow plants in their basements and stuff and then hook it up to a generator and just go in there and just blast them with that too. Yeah, we've seen that in Little Monsters. So What a wacky movie. <laughs> and doesn't doesn't Blade use something like that also? Yeah. Pro- yeah, yeah. I think Blade 2. Speci- well, no, I think all probably all the Blades. Blade does the fat the fat one. The record oh, yeah, keeper guy right. starts yeah. him. That's right. He like tortures him, yeah. Anyway, back to this vampire movie. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was actually fun to, to see them go through and see like the veteran vampire hunters and then kind of like the newbies, you know, in there who are kind of like, shh, be quiet. Open the door slowly. And he's like, what? Yeah, they pull did. up this like, you dumb fuck. This suction thing yeah. to break the lock. Like, Why don't you just yeah. kick it? You're going to be shooting people here in a sec. Well, Carpenter kind of made fun of it. In his commentary, he's like, well, here's this device here that doesn't actually work. But, hey, it looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and 90, yeah, 98, I would have loved it. You know, when they come back, and then I got to admit, too, while uh, that motel party, it was Most pretty funny tight. to hear Carpenter. Because Carpenter was like, all these girls here, they're local strippers. We told them we paid them this much for the shoot and then this much if they take off their shirts. And they're all like, yeah, we'll take off our shirts for strippers. We don't give a shit. what we do he said it was he said it was actually a fun shoot because you know most of the time when you do nudity it's very awkward he said but with strippers it's not awkward at all it was just like they're like yeah whatever we'll do what do you want us to do uh you know you're paying us for the day and he's just like i don't know have fun you know party and everything and he said it was a very loose shoot which made that scene uh, easier to shoot and you can actually tell everyone seems to be having a good time yeah that scene seems pretty tight to me yeah yeah like they, they look like they were it's an excellent scene like i was saying uh with you before Stephen, that's what i liked about horror movies when i got into them it's like the gore and the nudity and that was it and i've always just been like yeah that's pretty tight still and like old movies when it just happens random boobs and you're like yeah yep good movie that's what i've heard i've heard a um Someone gave the saying, this talk, and he was like saying, if you know, as a salesperson, if you can sell a used copier, you can sell anything. Conversely, as a salesperson, if you can't sell boobs, you can't sell anything. <laughs> yeah, okay. You need to give up sales. If you I, can't sell boobs, you can't sell anything. I do think it's funny that like, you know, nowadays, uh, apparently a lot of younger kids don't want nudity in their films anymore. And I'm like, that, you know, that's cool you know, whatever choices you make and everything, but don't make that choice because every, you know, assuming everyone's a victim and being exploited, probably not. These, these strippers probably got paid a lot more money to take off their shirts. And they're like, well, I do this anyway. in some nasty ass new Mexico strip club might as well do it in a nice safe environment for they're a movie. Laughing all the way to the bank. They're just like, I take off my clothes and these guys give me all this money and I have a really nice house, a nice car. Yeah, you guys are fucking morons. I got friends in the the industry, and they are doing pretty good. <laughs> I've I've tried to sell my feet pictures. Nobody wants them. They're gross. <laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> I was really hoping that business would pick up. 
still time, you know. Colonel Sanders didn't get going to like the fifties, so yeah, maybe maybe they want my old toes. That's my retirement plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Old toes. Well, put your best foot forward. I'm sure you'll make it. Be a good foot soldier. Just invest in yourself. I mean, <laughs> now I I think a lot of like the nudity issue is there is cases where people were forced to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying don't assume everyone's a victim. Yeah, I believe most people are like, yeah. It's not a lot of money today, but do you think my tits would help this movie today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering too, because I, I heard a movie one time. They're like, we'll pay you a hundred dollars to be, uh, you know, an extra in the background and in this party and everything. But if you take off your top, we'll give you $5,000. And I'm just like, uh, raise my hand. Yeah. Right what are, do you want full <laughs> frontal? <laughs> Can't quite touch my toes, but I'll try. <laughs> what? this is why you were never <laughs> this is why you're never invited back to any of those movies chris hey do you guys want me to get nude and touch my toes no sir this is a coffee house we just want you to sit in the back and sip your coffee oh. uh, sir this is an arby's if there's another scene you need I'm here <laughs> i'm trying it now i'm getting back focused into this film uh i <laughs> I do love the ripping apart of uh, Mark Boone Jr. That was pretty fun. Carpenter was talking about, he's just like, yeah, it looks pretty awesome. Everything. What you don't see is two grown men ripping this thing apart and struggling the whole time. Cause it was, you know, like glued on, they glued it on. So when they pulled it, you know, it looked like someone ripping apart. Mm -hmm. It was actually very difficult <laughs> to do. And that was creative. Vampires don't have to be invited in, in this. It sounds like he just walked right in the door. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched this movie. I couldn't remember. I've always wondered why that's a rule, by the way, in vampires to be invited in. I'm not sure. There's a bunch of vampire different protocols. And if you ever read, like, I Am Legend, like, there's all kinds of protocols they adhere to. And he takes them and tortures them and stuff. And The Will Smith hmm. movie? No, the book itself. By... Uh, they're not. The, the what? The book that movie actually i am legend would have been fucking awesome if they had just followed the book i wish i really wish they would have kept the original ending but uh anyway keep on the the picture guys keep on the movie should be, yeah, should we review the, we're reviewing john carpenter's vampires from 1998 valak is a cool a cool vampire i think i thought it was really interesting choice to like just eliminate dracula altogether and be like valak's the original vampire i was like whoa really dorky in a good way like a, a 90s dork kind of way how he seems like he's a big tough guy but you're like well you're a fucking nerd it, it's interesting because he kept saying you know like hey vampires they're not like these sexy actually i think he called them the f word the, that's the what soft i was saying f word yeah yeah um he goes you know they're not like sexy i'm gonna just use the word sexy european vampires that you know are like walking around and saying all this euro bullshit and then they choose a guy who kind of looks like a sexy European vampire. I was like, mm. but he's corny in just the right amount. I think I'm just saying they could have done somebody cooler, but I feel like they left out a lot with this Catholic church. I feel mm -hmm. like it was introduced that they're in the Catholic, not the Catholic church. That was all throughout the film. The Cardinal, the evil Cardinal, uh, spoiler alert. He comes back. He's evil at the end. I, I feel like, cause you just, you see one scene with him. And then he's all the way at the end. And I'm like, I feel like we're missing some scenes to like point out why he becomes evil. 
he just shows up at the end. He's just like, I want to be young forever. Can you blame me? You got the priest. And then halfway through the movie, you have the meeting with the Cardinal and the new priest. And then at the end, you have the Cardinal again. That's the whole Catholic storyline. They didn't explain the priest in the beginning. I was just like, oh, it makes sense that a priest is with vampire killers. I'm not questioning that or wondering why. But like, if you want impact of the guy being a traitor at the end, you got to have him in more than one scene. You know, like you got to establish like a real relationship. And it's like, and I, that probably had a lot to do with the script being rewritten and they're trying to figure it all out. That's true. Left that out. Can we go back to the hotel and the motel massacre really quick where that scene where Valix like kind of stuck to the ceiling there, just kind of hanging out, just kind of stuck to the ceiling. And then he pounces on Katrina and boy, he's going to town. I don't remember that. I mean, he's going to work on her. Yeah. You're yeah. setting unrealistic standards there for the rest of us there, Valak. Making us look bad, buddy. <laughs> I, I do love how they run out. Uh, they're like, oh, get in the car, grab the girl. We'll use your ESP with the uh, main. Now, see, they kept that. That was interesting that the that a victim would actually see what was happening or, you know, would kind of get like visions of the vampire. Connected to the master. Yeah. I feel like that's part of old lore. At least they kept. I mean, really, with all the old stuff, the only thing I remember them keeping is like vampires, you know, will die from sunlight. You can stab them in the heart with a cross or with a cross. No, you can stab them in the heart with a wood stake. Mm hmm. And they kind of have like a telepathic link with their victims. Yeah. Well, with their subordinate type things, the victims normally end up dead. Did do they? I, I consider I, victims in vampire lore. It's like the food. Oh yeah. The ones they completely drain and don't yeah. keep alive. Yeah. That raises the question too. Like how do they decide like who's going to be like the food and who's going to be converted over to a vampire? Probably the strong and attractive get converted and, Everybody else gets eaten. Well, that's discriminatory. That's what I do. I'm sorry. But like, well, you're pretty, and I can spend another hundred years with you around. So you judge everyone by their looks. I see how it is. Yeah. And strength. If I was a creature trying to rebuild my undead army of vampires, yes, yes, that's how it. All right. Fair enough. You're, you're thinking. You're thinking ahead. I see. I see. You're just not thinking with your mahogany. Yeah, they don't really have. Uh, <laughs> weapons or uh, computers and stuff then i would imagine so you don't really need the fat tech vampire no you know baldwin should really just watch a vampire change you, you never turn your back on a vampire turning he's just mm -hmm. like i've seen you naked she's like give me space i'm like what are you doing baldwin i don't care what she says he did say leave the door open okay i don't know i'm watching you you ain't running yeah i'm like sorry but I was personally offended, though, when he slapped her and called her a bitch. I was just like, whoa, sir, you've crossed the line. I know she just bit you and, uh, you know, now you're dead and you're screwed. But cross the line. Classic of abusive relationships. Yes, yes. They're fighting all the time. I love how all these towns they go to are like empty. And it's like even the hotel, they rent their place for like a week and they're breaking windows and like smashing things and slapping women in the face. And like the cops never get called. And there are no cops. The second hotel after he burned down the other one. Yeah, the motel yeah. gets burned yeah. down. He like severs all those heads and like does a half-ass job burying them. And <laughs> yeah, they found him a mile away. How the hell would that happen? Like, why even bother? I don't well, know. He okay in the movie, it shows him just like dump him in a ditch and then like put some loose dirt on top of the bag. And I was like, come on, man, you got to try a little bit harder than that. But also, 
how the fuck would they even see that driving by a mile away is that like a standard protocol in new mexico they're like uh make sure you look at all the ditches when you're driving by never know when a bag of heads is going to turn up apparently that <laughs> happens pretty often i don't know I mean, it's a pretty fucked and up shit happens in highways in new mexico i've been through there man second motel and he's like you gotta be quiet or i'll break your neck he's saying it as loud as possible what happened to being quiet? They're going to hear you. <laughs> well, there's some weird stuff in this film, too, with with new like vampire rules. So this confused the hell out of me because Daniel Baldwin was talking to the girl. What's her what's her name? Tracy? Uh, did I just make that Katrina. up? Katrina. Oh, Katrina. Like the hurricane. Like the hurricane. OK, now I won't forget. And he's just like, uh, you know, you we got to do something about this. You got to eat some food, you know, stop the progression of the virus. And I was like, wait, what? So if you eat, it slows down the virus. It's probably like a cold. You want to eat, keep yourself healthy. Then I never got this by the way. And even I think at the end of the film, I assume I'm correct, but Baldwin gets, I don't even know the, the character's name. Tony, Tony gets bit by this vampire. And then he takes a lighter and he burns himself to carterize it. And I'm assuming to, I, at first I was like, wait a minute, does that stop you from turning or does that just slow it down? Turns out it just slows it down. Cause at the end, when he gets bit in the neck, he fires off, you know, a machine gun and then tries to burn his neck with it, which his neck wound was huge. So I'm pretty sure he just <laughs> I think it was gaping. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I forgot he came back and ready to drive it in. I was like, how, how are you not dead? How the hell is that possible? <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, you cauterize, you cauterize it to like disinfect the wound. But if you're going to become a vampire, well, you don't give a fuck at that point. How did you die before you change? That's true. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just thought it was weird. Like, there's no like real explanation you have to figure out on your own, which I don't mind. I kind of like that. But at the same time, you know, maybe have the character go, ah, shit, I got to burn this, you know, like. Or something i don't know I, I don't know because it was just like wait so does it stop it or slow it down i think about it too is like maybe they don't know how all this works still so it's like maybe just trying it yeah or maybe he's just a sick son of a bitch who likes to burn himself maybe maybe he's getting mahogany from it yeah carpenter did bring up that they put they put like a gel on him where he could basically you know take the lighter for about five seconds and he'd be fine but he said Baldwin was so competitive. He's like, I can go longer. And he went like eight or nine seconds doing it and actually burned himself. That's Billy Baldwin for you. I actually, I, at first I was like, oh, he's going to be a traitor. He's going to be the one who like gave away their position to the main vampire. He's going to be like a gross person. Cause you know, at the, in the, the second hotel, he's just like staring at her ass. He's like, I had to strip you down and look for your vampire bite. And I was like, ah, oh, you're going to be this character. And then he slaps her. Then he slapped. I mean, I don't mind that he slapped her after getting bit. You know, I was joking. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'd hit her too. But it's his fault. He should have watched her. He should have watched her. Mm -hmm. You do not let your eye off a vampire. You don't you turn your followed, back. You should have followed your pervert instincts. Yes. <laughs> I think maybe for him, like smacking the shit out of a woman is his love language. I don't know. <laughs> Don't hit women. We we do not actually to any of the sponsors out there, especially the Dune Two popcorn bucket. We do not actually believe hitting a woman is good, unless, unless it's a vampire, you're a vampire yeah. who bites you. Yeah, and they deserve it. But there's an asterisk, okay? Even later when he kisses her, it, it felt like is that is that consent? 
He just kissed her while she was like dying. I just thought it was weird at the end of the movie, like James Gunn, you know, he's just like, not James Gunn. I'm sorry, James Gunn. Jesus, James Woods. When he's just like, you're really that in love with her? And I'm like, wait, they fell in love? When did that happen? He did when he told James uh, Woods to back off and stop being a dick. That's when it was happening. That's impossible for James. That's my girl. I can hit her. She'd be nice. I love that woman. The time, the first time I saw her in her mini skirt with her cleavage hanging out and all that blood dripping off her mouth. That's when I fell for her. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because she was trying to hook up with James Wood at the party. Yeah, yeah. How the turntables rotate. How Mr. Cool Pants with his fancy glasses and his black t-shirt, he got turned down. They went with slubby Mr. Baldwin here. I think the outfits are ridiculous in this, but I was like, it's a 1998 vampire movie. Seems pretty perfect, actually. Yep, I was like, it seems pretty 90s. <laughs> and it makes sense. You don't want to get bit, so you'd wear leathers. Now, the, the second preacher who comes along and joins the team, I, I dig this guy. I really, he's very kind of likable, nerdy, greenhorn, likable kind of guy. Yeah, like he'll, get, he'll get gritty here soon. He did at the end almost, yeah. And then at the end, you know, he's just like, I got a little wood, mahogany, you know, <laughs> like stuff just, like that. naming wood. He's like, whoa, whoa, preacher, calm down. I've created a monster here. Oh, he seemed like a fanboy in the car. And then he gets his ass beat. And then comes back in the car. He was like, you got to tell me what you're doing while he's cleaning off. He isn't even mad. Yeah, because Crow was onto it. I mean, he knew somebody dimed him out because that vampire mm -hmm. knew who he was. And he knew it had to be somebody in the church who did it. That's why I thought it would be the obvious choice of Baldwin. And then how you, how you keep going with it. I was like, oh, it's not going to be Baldwin at all. So I was like, well, it has to be one of the preachers. It has to be the cardinal. Or it has to be the preacher. And I thought at one point, I go, well, it's not going to be the cardinal because clearly he's not part of this story. So I was like, is it the preacher? Would he be like, I mean, he's doing a really good job of tricking me. And then at the end, it's the cardinal. I'm like, oh, God, really? Yeah, When's the last time you've seen this? Early 2000s. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Same for me, early 2000s. And it's like, I didn't remember that part. I haven't seen it since then either. And I was like, I don't remember who the twist is. And that's what I like sometimes about watching these old movies. I was like, I watched that a lot before i was 20 so there's certain things i remember you know as i remember like valak slicing through guys with his hand and everything and i remember um katrina being like hot i didn't remember her name i remember james woods just being like an asshole who didn't give a fuck about anything i just remember the cool weapons for some reason i remember trent reznor as the main vampire and that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense that very much you know pretty hate machine era this must be a different vampire movie because I remember someone slashing someone's throat with their like long fingernails and then drinking the blood from their fingernails. Is that 2000 vampire 2000? I don't know. It's got to be one of those because I thought it was this. I do like as a whole. I, I think this is really kind of interesting for a TV series where you would have a bunch of vampire hunters going out in the desert, you know, like this like Western look and hunting vampires down in a dystopian you know, future as in kind of like soldiers hunting down like Germans hiding, you know, like that's what I always think of like after World War Two. Steve, um, stick around for the trivia. We might talk about that again. Uh, I just think it would be an interesting series. I think it has a lot of potential. It could have been done already. And I'm just like, people are like, yeah, idiot. It's called blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, it's already a thing. Anyway, uh, I don't want to ruin any of the trivia. You know, at the end of it, one of the funniest things ever <laughs> was... Carpenter was talking about 
you know, when Baldwin drives by and shoots the crucifix, because the whole point of this at the end, there's a black cross. The black cross actually makes you a daywalker, but you have to do this whole ceremony. It was an exorcism that they didn't do right. Yeah, it's like a reverse exorcism. Yeah, and they said if they're going to finish the, the exorcism and get it all the way done, that should make him a daywalker. And that's why they left Crow alive, because they needed the blood of a crusader. Yes. Yeah. To crucify a crusader at sunup or something like that. Yeah, that part gets a little muddy right there. I was trying to pay attention to what's going on. I was like, okay, so they need the Black Cross. They need to reverse exorcism to put one, the old man's soul into a new body, which I was confused who they were going to use. I I don't know. It doesn't matter. But yeah, they needed a crusader to sacrifice to then make the main vampire a daywalker. But the most interesting part of this is somehow Daniel Baldwin survives after getting like a chunk the size of a silver dollar ripped out of his neck, but and just magically carterizes it with a machine gun. But then he like comes flying through it probably about 40 miles an hour and shoots a crossbow on the move into the top of the crucifix and then rips it up, rips it out with his Jeep. And Carpenter goes, yeah, what's really funny about this is, I mean, that would break anyone's neck. It kept breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Because the dummy just gets like shook everywhere. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, and he's like, well, they, that's why they had to cut it so quick is because the dummy fucking falls apart. <laughs> I was like, of course it does. <laughs> you can't, human bodies can't survive that. Even if your head was intact, you would like just, your whole skull would be squished or your spine would just be severed. You know, like, you get severe whiplash at least. And then when you fell on the ground, you'd probably crack your head open from hitting yeah. the cross again. Yeah. It's, it's not like his head was secure to the cross and he had a helmet on or something. <laughs> Even then, I don't think, I still think your brain would be mush, but dude, can you imagine movies dressing up for the stunts they're going to be doing? He's just wearing like a bear attack suit on the cross for no reason. Yeah, like something cool is going to happen a bit because look at that costume he's got away. Is I feel like the fight with Valak is really, really rushed. I feel like a lot of the action was real rushed in this. Like the the fight scenes and the choreography just seemed off. Yeah, I think it's because of the lack of the budget. Mm -hmm. I think they had a lot bigger plans. They got it cut by, you know, they're supposed to have a $50 million budget and they got it cut by $30 million, you know, right before they shoot. You can just tell like there's a lot in this film. I really like some of these characters. I love some of this dialogue. I love some of their ideas. I love the music in this that really, I mean, but it's a Carpenter film. Of course I do. I like a lot of the visuals. I like the entire aesthetic as a whole, but the action scenes and the ending, there's, it, it, there's a lot of this that just like, ah, you're not quite there. You could really be something. But it still makes all of this adds up to a really fun watch that I think anyone should look into if they've never seen this John Carpenter film or if you're looking for kind of like a I don't want to say a quirky vampire film, but definitely an alternative vampire film. It's no interview with a vampire, but it's good. Yeah, it's a it's a vampire film that gives no fucks. It, truly. I mean, it, it's living by its own its its own like accord, its own rules beat of its own drum, whatever you want to say about it. It's definitely its own unique vampire film. Yeah, I could do without, though. They gave, like, basically they killed Valak the same way they killed Stripe and Gremlins. Uh, electrocution? Stab stabbing him in the heart with a cross? I was like, what? No, I thought they killed... A building falling on him? Like, taking, off, taking out the roof and then the sunlight killing him. Oh, yeah. 
I do got to admit, I, I wrote that in the notes. Like he survived, you know, a thousand years through whatever kind of wars there were or hunting and everything like that. And what really kills Valak is a, a faulty uh, support beam, beam. Yeah. support beam. Yeah. He was smoldering before he got into that building. Cause he was like standing out in the sun for a while. And I don't know why you would worry that much about being a daywalker as a vampire. You're doing fucking good at night. All the parties happen at night. What are you going to go kill a picnic full of children? I think it's the choice, Chris. It's the choice. He, he wants yeah. options. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. Maybe he wakes up early. It's like your dog on a sunny day. Like, I want to come in, but I also want to come in. You're, you're, no, I want to go outside, but I also want to come in. But I know you got to keep the door shut because the air conditioning. But I want to come in and I want to go outside. They want options. I think that's doggy Alzheimer's. That's what my dog has. <laughs> it just walks in the door and he's like, oh, I need to go out. I haven't been out there all day. I'm pretty sure you have, bud. Right back out. Anyway, let's move on to the trivia. What do you got, uh, Brad? There's a lot of trivia in this movie, and it's fantastic. So Sam Raimi, Peter Jackson, Russell Mulcahy, Ron Underwood. Um, so you got Russell Mulcahy from Highlander, Ron Underwood from Tremor, Sam Raimi from a litany of different great movies, and Peter Jackson, of course, Lord of the Rings. We're all considered to direct this film. I'm still glad they went with Carpenter, though. I, it might have been Russell McKay, I think he actually was about to start like they had a script and everything. And then he pulled out. I don't really know why, but yeah. So back to Russell Mulcahy. So one possible idea before this got uh, taken over by John Carpenter was they're going to have this film was take place in a distant future where a decent amount of the human population has been turned into vampires already. And the vampire hunters are like the police officers. Oh, and they'd be using futuristic high tech gadgets. Like where have we seen this before from Russell Mulcahy? Probably flying around on like yeah, skateboards yeah. and bailing people and stuff. Oh man, a Highlander two vampires. Oh, they're plotting to take high. over the world by transforming the Pope into one of them. So I mean, this is like you're telling me. I had to write this down. Like you're telling me somebody watched Highlander two and was like, "We need more of this." Yes, <laughs> Highlander two is the best Highlander. I don't know what you're arguing on that, but <laughs> that sounds like the the plot to Priest. Yes, Priest. I was going to mention that earlier. Where it's like, priest oh, is like good. Vampire Dread. I can't. Okay. Yeah, it is. That's what I would describe perfectly. Vampire Dread. Yeah, kind of. The feel. I mean, it's not great. I like it, but you might enjoy it. It's fun. Priest always came on on like HBO or whatever. And back when I used to watch, you know, HBO as a channel, not before mm -hmm. streaming. And like Priest would come on and I would fall asleep. I'd be like, oh, hey, it's that movie that I've never seen. And then psh, I don't even know when that movie came out. You should watch it one afternoon. It's actually pretty fun. I like it. Doesn't it start in like a diner? It's like a vampire dread Western. There's a train that goes through the sand. I don't know, man. It's it's based off a graphic novel that has a whole lot more. Because I remember there being a diner and I kept falling asleep. Ah, whatever. Uh, those 2000s. Like, I don't remember a lot of the stuff from it. Uh, yeah, I saw William Defoe was considered for Valak, which is nuts. That would have been intense. Our boy Dolph Lundgren was cast to play uh, Jack Crow. I think he actually was picked. Like, he was going to star in it. Have you seen him in I Come in Peace? He's pretty, I don't know, that movie's trash, but I loved it as a high schooler. I actually have not seen that, but I know the cover. I've never seen it. Oh, so the film was originally a $60 million budget? Oh, I thought it was 50. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, regardless, though, imagine like, yeah, your two thirds of your budget is just pulled out from underneath you right before you're about to start filming. 
I mean, they stretched that $20 million. Yeah, they did. I do like that Carpenter cast James Woods, basically that he needed a vampire slayer that was just as vicious and nasty as the vampires themselves. And I'm like, well, mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) James Woods looked like he could chew the leg off a vampire. (laughs) Chew the leg off a vampire. That's pretty good. And I I brought up that, you know, James Woods apparently was difficult to work with, but Carpenter said he was great. And then, yeah, I saw Alec Baldwin was an outspoken fan of Carpenter's work. uh, And he had been cast to play uh, Montoya. Wait, who's Montoya? Was that the new priest? No, that was Danny Baldwin. Yeah, Montoya. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, he ended up casting his brother to play the same role. Okay. Which is fine. Uh, I think Daniel Baldwin, like, Obviously, I'm not going to see a movie for Daniel Baldwin. So I think from a marketing standpoint, it's a terrible choice. But after watching the film, I was like, I actually think he did a pretty good job of the role. I think sometimes I prefer him over Alec Baldwin. He's more subtle. It's a dude. Yeah, I would say I didn't like him at first, like in the first scene. But then after that, I was like, just digging the dude's performance. I just know when he pops up in a shitty horror movie, I'm like, this is going to be fun. And then Carpenter left the film due to creative interference and uh, special makeup effects artist uh, Greg Nicotero from The Walking Dead took over for a few days until Carpenter was persuaded to come back. See, that's why I watched the commentary specifically. I was like, oh, I want to hear all the dirt. But I said Carpenter was very professional, never talked any trash. So who knows what it was about? Smart. You know, that's smart. And it's like at this age of his, he doesn't have to be that way. No, he I mean, doesn't. You can burn bridges right now if you want to. And it's big. You're not going to. No it's not going to hurt you. But no, he's going to. Re- retire happy human. yeah and rich he's fine yeah i mean he's comfortable as hell uh i did find it interesting that like there were a decent amount of critics who liked this like it was such a split i think what it was was there was a lot of people who were like oh this is just you know like one of these splatter films that they considered back in the 90s and stuff like that another podcast on this network reviewed it and they did not like it is it uh horror movie night yeah i don't know what you like i think this is fun yeah, I find it super enjoyable. We just have we have very low standards here, so yeah, different. Yeah, I'm not gonna deny that. Yeah. We like different points in movies, I guess. I just had a good time. I put this in, and I just had a good time watching this. I I, I thought James Woods, even even though he is absolutely batshit insane on Twitter, man, he's so watchable. Yeah, just loved it. Uh, anyway, you guys ready to go on the museum? Wrap this thing up before that. Like the one thing out of out of nowhere. Gene Siskel gave this film four out of four stars, calling it I a high-action homage to Westerns and classic horror that has a unique story and masterful cinematography. I mean, that surprised me. Siskel doesn't like anything. I was surprised by that, too. I really was. Oh, okay, so I saw that there's a note on there about the NC-17 rating. This blew my mind. Carpenter was talking about this, and he said one of the big problems they had was one of the scenes the vampires they said held on to their bite a little too long like where the the katrina was biting baldwin they said he that she sucked on him too long and that was one of the things as a strike that could give them an nc-17 and i was like what on his arm no no on his neck oh, on his in neck. the jeep mm. I know there's documentaries about how ridiculous the rating system is. Mm-hmm. But even this one, after all the shit we've seen, we've seen a guy get ripped in half at the beginning. And you're telling me a girl sucking on a guy's neck for a little too long is a big deal. I, I don't get it. I don't, and he goes, that was actually a big deal. So they had to, to cut the scene. And they said another one was uh, really weird was 
I guess there was a plan to have one of the vampires come out nude and then be killed. And they had a big deal about a woman being killed nude like that. Guess I could see that. I mean, it's a vampire. Yeah. Still a naked lady getting beat, maybe. No, no, not beat. Just killed. I mean, I I don't know. I assume just like shot, Yeah, you know, with like an arrow. But he's just like, yeah, so we put clothes on her and there's no big deal. And I was just like, I don't get it. Like they saw a guy get severed in half, I guess, because they know that's fake. I guess it just different depends on what happens, because the rating board is just some old rich people that never leave the board and they're out of touch. Yeah. So maybe that week one lady was just upset about something because they've let worse shit get through. And it Pennywise bites a kid's arm off and then like pulls him into the sewer. And it's like, okay, we're going to give that an R rating. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i i do think i i do think you you bring up a good point chris I, I think when especially women are nude and they get killed there there's people on the board who have a problem with it yeah i could see that but i guarantee if you put a butt-ass dude out there you know butt-ass naked with a wang dang waving in the wind and he gets stabbed and killed they'll be like well he shouldn't have been doing that well male nudity is funny it is so <laughs> inherently <laughs> it's less serious than violence against women i guess but I, that's probably what they're doing on it but i don't know when it turned by the way i because I, I remember back in the day if you saw any dude naked people would be like oh, blah, 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 i cannot believe this blah, 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 blah. No, the, the official stance of analog jones is we are definitely pro penises pro and movies. yeah yeah uh and, equal and, opportunity uh, genitalia on this podcast and then i don't know if it was somewhere in the 2000s you know maybe it was social media but then it turned into like when you see a wang dang, it's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when Farva got his uh, salt bag, his lie bag. Yeah. There we go. It's all super troopers. They changed everything. Oh, and then in Gone Girl, you get like a little side peen, and that movie goes from being like all serious to a comedy immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's. Uh, I think. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. So that the the, the, the move. The book was this was adapted from <laughs> vampires in uh, Jack and Catelyn are the two survivors from the original um, attack. They use silver bullets like have an effect. So there's a little more lore um, huh. put into that. Um, they hire a gunman named Felix who we never see in this movie. There's no Valak or Katrina that I'm aware of. And uh, Jack becomes despondent and a vampire at the end and attempts to attack the Pope and is thwarted by Felix. So a vastly different story. Yeah, it is. It's quite a bit different. They hire a gunman, just like they do in uh, Tremors 4. That's what I was going to say. Yep, yep, there we go. Does he shoot an apple in half? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I think we all recommend this, so uh, let's move on to the museum. We do. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our vampire wing of the museum. Brad, you picked it. Go first. After 600 years, how's the dick working? <laughs> he could not cut that, I'm sure. I'm like, and, and the trailer. I mean, yeah, the they trailer, put it in the trailer. trailer. They, they weren't cutting the So was that no. James Woods or was that on the script? That's James Woods. Probably James Woods, yeah. It's like James Woods just loves talking about dicks, so bringing it in. Hey, no, Chris, go ahead. You can go. I'll, I'll keep it PG-13 and I'll go with uh, every time they explode into the fiery rage. I, I just think it's really cool looking. Like it just shoots off of them like jets. Yeah. 
You can just see that. Like Carpenter even mentioned in his commentary, he's just like, I hated doing these scenes because I'm terrified every time we have to set someone on fire. <laughs> I can imagine. I like, it it right, looked yeah. like they're using model rocket, like jet. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing he wasn't on a set of uh, backdraft. <laughs> set of backdraft or, or a set of Mad Max where they're just like, fuck it, just like oh, drive yeah, really yeah. fast and like crash your car into something. Hope no one gets hurt. We'll pay you in beer. Uh, my part of the, I, I kind of mentioned it. I, I love them, uh, especially when Valak like reestablishes his whole vampire army, which by the way, that doesn't make any sense. How could he change them that quick when it took the girl like 48, 72 hours or whatever? Five days. It takes five, takes five days. days. It takes five days. So how did he build that? All I'm, those. It's a, it's a movie. I don't know. He might've been doing it at a time. Well, I was wondering if they were already there. But he turned that he turned that town slowly, and then he was like, "Cause we were set up." Yeah, cause it was a setup. So I wonder if he knew. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, when all of them rise out of the graves, and then Carpenter was describing that a lot of the actors got really like tenacious because they're like they had walkie talkies and able to breathe, so they wanted to make the graves as deep as possible. Obviously, not six feet. That's insane. But Carpenter said. Uh, the shot actually took a little bit because a lot of these actors were a little ambitious and uh, couldn't get out of the dirt. And I'm like, no shit, they're buried in dirt. It's hard. <laughs> and so he's like, so we had to make sure the graves were a little bit more shallow. And then we got this great shot. <laughs> That's how he talks through the whole commentary. It's like George Lucas. Yeah, I might be channeling a little bit of my George Lucas. Like, what we got here is uh, I need it bigger and more intense, more intense. Oh, don't use words people understand. Use my script. I love you, Lucas. Just don't direct humans. <laughs> a whole movie of Jar Jar's. Jar Jar's is the greatest character he's ever created. It's the most memorable. No one forgets Jar Jar. Nobody. <laughs> you can't. Uh, anyway, I'm mostly joking there. Like 60% truth, 30, 40% can't add joke all right that'll end it this week uh next week actually two weeks from now uh chris will pick a vampire movie we actually what's funny about as this recording chris does not have a vampire movie he's picked yet uh one of the tapes is hard to find and they're hard to find on streaming so the interview with the vampire it is fellas that one's easy <laughs> interview with the vampire so it could be that. Who knows? Let's see what Chris chooses hopefully soon so we have time to watch it. I guess it's Morbius. <laughs> oh, it's oh. not on tape. It's true. Hasn't stopped us in the past. But Good movie, though. It's a... I've still not seen that movie. Surprisingly, I liked it. Unlike the Marvels that I watched today. Surprisingly, did not like that movie. I like Jared Leto. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I like people who go in and just give 100% with give zero fucks. And that guy gives 100% and gives zero fucks. I like him. Probably why you like James Woods. I do like James Woods. All right, cult leaders that abuse women. He abuses women. Damn it. Well, I like him as an actor. I know that's the problem. I'm like, wow, damn, you're fun to watch. Why do you suck? If he was at our Thanksgiving dinner, he'd be like, why did you invite James? I I know he's going to be a problem. He's going to ruin the whole thing. But I find this all very entertaining. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening to us again this week. Uh, wax nostalgia and be complete fucking idiots. Uh, come back in two more weeks when we have another vampire film. And remember to be kind. And, and rewind. rewind. I think that kind of matched. It did. It's close. It yeah. Did.